welcome back to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we bring a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choice. That movie could be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between. Anything goes. I'm your host this week, Cynthia Lee, and joining me is Piper Coiner. So Piper, this episode is your first time onto mm-hmm. the podcast, right? Yep. So before we talk about the film that you've chosen for us, why don't you give the audience a little bit of background about yourself and how you're associated with Film Club? Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm a freshman at UW. Mm-hmm. I'm majoring in Middle Eastern Studies. I really like film and literature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not really pursuing it academically as of yet, but... Uh, I really have enjoyed being in the film club. I feel that it's one of the only clubs where, like, I've found people who, you know, are similar to me. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I really like talking about movies, like, with other people. Yeah. That's such a nice social outlet. Yeah. So That's yeah. the same reason why I joined. Yeah. <laughs> so, this week, you brought us a film. You brought Life Aquatic with Steve Suzo, yeah. directed by Wes Anderson, starring Bill Murray. For, tell me if I'm forgetting anyone. No, no, no. This yeah. cast is kind of stacked. It's huge. <laughs> Bill Murray, Kate Blanchett, uh-huh. Owen Wilson, uh-huh. Angelica Dafoe, Houston. Angelica Houston. Yeah. Oh, I miss Jeff him. Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like six heavy hitters right there. Yeah. But those are like six collaborators of Anderson's. Mm-hmm. Like he works a lot with everyone within this group, mm-hmm. I think. I'm yeah. not sure. So this was created in 2004, 2000, yeah, 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, so before, it was, as we mentioned, it's directed by Wes Anderson. Its writers are Wes Anderson and Noah Bambach, who also ended up writing for Francis Ha. And, okay. Oh, I forgot the other one. I didn't know that. Cool. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't it's downloaded. really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we kind of talk about our thoughts about the film, mm-hmm. do you, would you like to give a little plot synopsis about the movie? Yeah, so basically it's about uh, Bill Murray. He's like a kind of failed oceanographer. It's basically kind of based off of Jacques Cousteau. Mm-hmm. So um, it opens... It, who is Jacques Cousteau? Jacques Cousteau is like this famous like French oceanographer, kind of like marine biologist who did a lot with like filming mm-hmm. and uh, like made a lot of books about all of his... like. Uh, travels and and, um, adventures. And then some of Jacques Cousteau's stuff is actually in, like, previous Wes Anderson movies, like Mm -hmm. um, Rushmore and, like, Bottle Rocket. They're, they're, like, the 90s ones that are, like, okay. I'm very sorry. (laughs) No, it's totally fine. I'm very bad with Wes Anderson. (laughs) No. It's, you know, some of them are really, really good, and then others are just kind of, like, a recycling almost, Mm -hmm. so. But a little more about the... Yeah, totally. So so it opens, basically, on, like, a, you know, a film... uh, preview, whatever you call Mm it. Uh, Okay, basically, it's one of his movies. Um, It shows his friend being eaten by, like, the mythical, like, jaguar shark. (laughs) So then basically the entire movie, Bill Murray is trying to track down this jaguar shark that ate his friend Esteban. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, he kind of meets up with his, like, long-lost son. I'm putting son in air quotes. It's uh, Owen Wilson, because it turns out that Owen Wilson's not actually a son. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Kate Blanchett is a pregnant reporter who's, like, you know, assigned to cover, like, this big journey on the Belafonte, his boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this weird, like, love triangle between Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett, <laughs> Bill Murray. Well, at the same time, Bill Murray's um, wife, Angelica Houston, is kind of getting back together with her first husband, Jeff Goldblum, who's yeah. the rival oceanographer <laughs> who has much more money. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. So um, there's this one scene where they uh, get... I think hijacked by pirates. They're like yeah. Filipino pirates or yeah, something. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, a later, <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> so, what was your first like impression of this film when you first watched it, and like why did you 
ended up choosing this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I, I liked the, I guess I liked the atmosphere of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's like, I, I think Bill Murray really influences it in the way that he's like, like moody, but he's also like passionate about his work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I think that's like an interesting dynamic. And um, I really like oceanography and like the whole, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. see that many films about oceanography. Yeah. Like when I was watching this film, I was like, wow, this is very like different in a way that I've never seen a movie so based on aquatic life. Yeah. Like, are you just like a big Wes Anderson fan? I wouldn't say big, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just really liked this film. I thought it was like very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Like for my like peculiar, you know, sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, his yeah. humor is very, very dry. Yeah, exactly. And there are some movies that I, I've i seen and I'm just like, okay, like I understand how people could find that to be, you know, funny or good, mm-hmm. but like not for me. But yeah, for sure. I really liked this yeah. one, yeah. Well, for me, I've actually never seen this film. This the, Like mm-hmm. a couple days ago was the first time I ever saw it. Uh-huh. Um, Wes Anderson is a director that, it's not like I'm unfamiliar with his work. Mm-hmm. I just don't seek it out. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, I don't know. He's not a director that's really I've really connected with. Mm-hmm. And so the only movie I'm sorry that I've seen is Isle of Dogs. And I did enjoy Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. Again, this isn't an Isle of Dogs podcast, but it, <laughs> it does kind of have some problems. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it all yeah, that much. Yeah, okay. I was disappointed, yeah. Um, so, I mean, from what I know about, like, his movies, like Grand Budapest or Moonrise Kingdom, what's so interesting about this film is you can kind of see a lot of his ideas coming out Mm-hmm. Like his starting ideas of like how it's influenced his other work, mm-hmm. you can see it like him trying to think about it and like toying around with it within the film, but it kind of falls off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I I, can, I think we could talk about that a little later. But um, like for example, like the animation, like there's mm-hmm. a little sparks of animation within this film that mm-hmm. I feel like probably helped transition yeah. into something to like, like Fantastic Mr. Mm-hmm. Fox and Isle of Dogs, but. I will say I particularly did enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. It is weird. I feel like it does need a rewatch because there's a lot yeah. of things going on within this film that I just mm-hmm. didn't wasn't able to catch mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. But I did a little bit of research. Apparently, this film is like one of the worst yeah. box office films. <laughs> it was like a box office disaster to mm-hmm. say at that time. Everyone was like, "Well, this was made by Wes Anderson, the guy mm-hmm. who made Rushmore," and. I thought this was like one of his earlier works, which is kind mm-hmm. of saying something because it is one of his earlier works, mm-hmm. but I thought it was before Rushmore and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and it was not very liked, well liked by yeah. critics apparently, which I also can kind of get. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, I don't know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I think Wes Anderson is not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. I just think it's funny. I, I don't I don't see any, like, big, you know, deep meaning to it, really. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I, I, I think sometimes with his movies, like, he, he really likes his own aesthetic, you know? And, yeah. like... You can definitely see it. So, like, yeah. you want to talk about a little bit more about, like, his aesthetic within this film? Because it's um, very blue and brown. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um... I really don't know the term for it, but it's like mm-hmm. he does this thing where he often like you know pans over like a a, a room or a building or something mm-hmm. where like you see the the set you know oh so yeah, yeah 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 I definitely What's caught that? that it yeah it almost feels like when I was writing my notes I was like it feels like Wes Anderson is playing in a his actors are his dolls mm-hmm. within a dollhouse mm-hmm. because he very yeah, much sets his bow up like a mm-hmm. dollhouse like. Mm-hmm. A lot of these long takes of people going in and out of rooms, mm-hmm. it, you can feel like it's a dollhouse or like a set. Like yeah, it's almost like he's breaking the fourth wall in yeah. a way, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And so I feel like 
that dollhouse like atmosphere allows Anderson to kind of create like a more abstract tone with it mm-hmm. and so he's allowed to kind of do more things mm-hmm. he gives himself more flexibility to just like be like okay this is coming out of my imagination seems really cool I'm gonna do it in this film yeah if you got that vibe yeah I certainly did I really liked that aspect yeah, yeah. so I enjoyed I yeah it does help and especially with the wide shots and mm-hmm. this one's a little bit like like, when he does his wide shots to make people seem small, I really was like, okay, this guy looks like he's just playing with dolls. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it helps with the whole situation, especially with how weird this plot gets. Yeah. Um, but it also does add... It also kind of makes it more funny when, like, he adds, like, a lot of the dry humor within mm-hmm. this film. Exactly. It's very dry. It, the, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't necessarily have that... I mean, when you think about, like, this doll-like situation that Anderson has created for mm-hmm. us um you when you think about playing with dolls you don't necessarily think about dryness yeah like I don't know how you played with dolls but when I was growing up playing <laughs> with dolls I kind of had like a wild imagination going on but I was never like oh my characters are sarcastic and sardonic yeah, yeah. Way. where these characters are mm-hmm. um especially Bill Murray's character mm-hmm. what I really like about Bill Murray in this is that you can see that he's like really like jade like a jaded director mm-hmm. but he's so he plays it so monotone where you're just like okay but does he really <laughs> like does he really find enjoyment in what he's doing yeah. or something like that yeah. and he, it's just so funny i mm-hmm. don't know and it really have you seen lost in translation mm, i've seen the beginning okay it reminds it. me a lot of that character yeah. a little bit like yeah. this kind of down down mm-hmm. older man who's kind I feel of like lost. those are all of his characters that I've that's seen that's true even in like, like Scrooge oh yeah like <laughs> like yeah all the other Wes Anderson movies he's just kind of like a middle aged like grump you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe Wes Anderson likes that from Bill Murray yeah <laughs> but speaking of Bill Murray's character so mm-hmm. as we mentioned before Bill Murray's character is a director he's mm-hmm. kind of this he's a documentarian to uh-huh. be more exact and he's kind of like this guy who I I'm assuming that at the beginning of his career, a lot of people liked his stuff. I think there was that one scene where his crew's watching the... Older um, ones. Yeah. Yeah, he's watching his old stuff, and they're like, Mm -hmm. wow, he used to be better, I guess you can say. Or not better, more passionate, maybe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is funny, because the video they played of him, it was like him, like discovering this like baby animal thing uh-huh. and he still uses that really dry monotone humor so you're like how are they picking up that he's more passionate about it than, yeah. than he was now i don't know that i thought that was funny just mm-hmm. i love the use of the short clips of the documentary like yeah. the progress of it and they'd show like oh this is a finished scene and watching them edit it and mm-hmm. then you just see like bill murray like presenting like it's like a class uh-huh. and it's uh-huh. just so oh my god i i those were my favorite parts good <laughs> but anyway so bill murray's character uh-huh. is a kind of jaded director to say and i uh-huh. wanted to ask if you thought about this at all because usually in a film when a character is like a director or a critic it's something I notice a lot because a lot of times when the person is writing it, he intentionally picked Bill Murray's character to be a director and documentary, documentarian who was like jaded. So I wonder if you ever thought about this idea where it was like kind of a metaphor about Anderson's career or a commentary about it, even though this yeah. was like his fourth film. Because the problem I think Bill Murray's character is like he's a documentarian mm-hmm. that makes documentary documentaries that don't really have any facts behind it it's kind of a bunch of fake stuff <laughs> yeah. behind it like yeah. this 
when he his he showed his first film, like mm-hmm. you don't see a jaguar shark. It's just mm-hmm. them mentioning that a jaguar mm-hmm. shark is out there. So I wanted to ask you if there was I'm no Wes Anderson like buff. I don't know yeah, much about really. him. <laughs> so I was wondering at this point in his career, was he being considered as a fake or I, like I a really poser? Don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. you have you seen Rushmore and his mm-hmm. earlier stuff? What mm-hmm. would you say difference like is different between that and this film i think rushmore is a lot more um realistic Mm -hmm. it it has a lot less of like the the animation and the weird dollhouse stuff and Mm -hmm. the like um the the kind of like peculiar wes anderson like all the pastel colors Mm -hmm. it's a lot it's more normal i guess you could say yeah so I don't know. I think it's it's more of like an evolution of his like aesthetic. I, I really don't know. So, I, I'm not like a huge you know like I don't know a lot about his biography or like mm-hmm. his work. I've just like seen almost all of his movies. Yeah, because yeah. like it, I don't know. I just for me when some when a director like explicitly makes uh-huh. a character like an occu- like having an occupation similar to yeah. what they do in real life, it it has to be a commentary on something. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a point in Anderson's career where he was afraid to be found out as a fake because it is his fourth film. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you do really well... Because there was Rushmore, mm-hmm. Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else before him I'm missing? Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. I haven't seen that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore are, like, his... People have considered those, like, mm-hmm. one of his greatest films. Or mm-hmm. two of his greatest films. And so maybe at that point in his career... He was just afraid of being found out as yeah, boring. Maybe stagnating. Or sta- or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed almost odd yeah. to have that. Like, he could have made Bill Murray's character just an oceanographer. Mm-hmm. Jock- Is Jock Cousteau a filmmaker? I think, you know? I think he was kind of both. Oh, okay. I'm really not sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. I guess we can mention a little bit about Jock Cousteau because. They're not wearing red hats for no reason. Red yeah, hats yeah. and blue, <laughs> blue jumpsuits in this film for no reason. So uh-huh. um, the reason... Okay, I didn't know it was made by Jacques Cousteau, so I was kind of weirded out why they'd wear the red hats and the blue blue mm-hmm. jumpsuits, other than the fact that it probably fits Wes Anderson's mm-hmm. aesthetic, kind of. Yeah. But when you look it up, Jacques Cousteau, the... They wear Jacques Cousteau also wore a similar <laughs> outfit yeah. choice. He had a red beanie. Which, sure. Um, and then he also wore that blue jumpsuit. And so throughout this film, you see Bill Murray wearing this along with his crew. Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't even talked oh, about much about his crew. His, yeah. <laughs> so he has this crew of people that work with him. Real random people. Yeah, there's, yeah random I don't assortment. really remember that many. I yeah. only remember two. There's, specifically, there's Willem Dafoe. There's Willem Dafoe. There, and he's I, like... What's his name? I'm totally blanking right now. Klaus. Klaus. Yes, Klaus. <laughs> and then there's, I think there's Vikram. He's also in another, like, Wes Anderson movie. Wait, who's Vikram? He's the Sikh guy. He has, like, a beard. I don't know. Oh. He just kind of fades There's just the so many. There's yeah. a Brazilian okay. guy that who's is, always singing. That is another problem <laughs> I kind of have with this film, is mm-hmm. there's so many people within yeah. it, and then yeah. you don't explore them. It's yeah. really focused on... Bill Murray's character mm-hmm. with Owen Wilson and mm-hmm. Angelica Houston and Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett. So they really want to focus on that one-sided love triangle. Yeah. And then, Which is so weird to me. That whole, like, love triangle. I'm, I'm... Yeah, wait. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know. It just felt almost predatory, which I yeah, guess is 100%. what Anderson wanted out of that. Because mm-hmm. then you're kind of just like, why is Bill Murray trying to flirt with Kate Blanchett's character when Kate Blanchett is the age of his 
air sun. sun. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. What did you think about that? Because I, I almost found it unnecessary in a way, yeah, other than to create definitely. tension between them. They could have d- created that tension some other way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I just, honestly, when I was watching it, I tried to avoid thinking about that part. It was just like, it really creeped me out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is the age difference between like Murray and Kate Blanchett? I don't, I don't know. Probably if it's... like 25, 30. Okay. okay. I don't know. Probably I mean, it likes to use the yeah. age group, though. Um, age difference. But yeah, it did mm-hmm. kind of. It, I, what I've been like thinking about over the course of this podcast is like a lot of. Wes Anderson's movies like use the same actors but mm-hmm. also like the same kind of characters you yeah. know like okay I'm unfamiliar with no this, it's so totally fine teach- so, so so like Bill Murray you know is always like the the weird dispassionate like jaded older man mm-hmm. so like in, in Rushmore I think he's the dad or uncle or something mm-hmm. I'm sorry Rushmore he's like a, a big fancy like donor to Jason Schwartzman's school mm-hmm. or he's like trying to build an aquarium mm-hmm. which <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like very similar stuff you know, like, Royal Tenenbaums, he's, like, the patriarch. Sad, jaded, you know, mm-hmm. old. And then, like, Angelica Houston is, like, his wife, I think, also in the Royal Tenenbaums, <laughs> you know? And it was, like, they have, like, you know, like, a like a falling, yeah. a marriage that's falling apart, yeah. you know? And she's, like, the practical one. And he's, like, oh, interesting. you know, okay. it's just kind of, like, the same things over and over again, which is cool in a way, but also... Repetitive? Somewhat, yeah. Huh, yeah. interesting. I wouldn't have expected that considering... I guess the only movies I'm familiar with mm-hmm. of his is Isle of Dogs and Grand Budapest, which yeah. do not... Grand Bill... Budapest really different, I think. Yeah, okay. Like and really then, different actors. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, Bill... Or not... Bill Murray's in Isle of Dogs, but I feel like in Isle of Dogs, you don't necessarily connect with the actor and more of the uh-huh. thing that they're... Anim- not animating, like voicing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's totally another feel as well. But that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, I go back just, to the idea of being found as a fake, where he's like always doing the same stuff, doing the same stuff, mm-hmm. writing the same stories. Even though I'm assuming Rushmore's story is very different than this one, because this story is quite plotless. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I guess we can talk about that a little bit because this film is very, very, very all over the place. I would mm-hmm. say in terms of its plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you you get the general gist that, like, the overarching thing that they're going after is going after this jaguar shark that yeah. no one knows for sure is real mm-hmm. other than maybe Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually thinks it's real as well. Mm-hmm. And then just within that quest, there's, like, father-son tension... There are so many things going on. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like the, they have to rescue Jeff Goldblum because he's been taken hostage oh, on yeah. a like, you know, <laughs> I by totally the Filipino forgot. pirates. Oh, it's, yeah, right. it's certainly a, a mess, but I don't, I don't like it because of, you know, the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. speaking of the plot, like we took, like the overarching thing was them mm-hmm. finding the jaguar shark. And I feel <laughs> like towards the end, you kind of forget that they're mm-hmm. on a quest to find the jaguar shark. Like once mm-hmm. they like try to go rescue Jeff Goldblum, I was like, okay, what? <laughs> like Really weird. First, well, like Jeff Goldblum was also, a, his character was also someone I totally forgot about until he yeah. re-emerged yeah. halfway. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, like happening a lot with this film, mm-hmm. with Jeff Goldblum character and then with the jaguar shark where they mm-hmm. just kind of reemerge because Wes Anderson needs to close his yeah film, basically yeah definitely and so um I feel like this film the plot is just mm-hmm. all over the place I feel like how about you yeah I would agree to that <laughs> yeah even like Angelica Houston's character when she left so like stereotypical and just, oh yeah I don't know or like an archetype you know I never really paid much attention to her yeah. character so like I thought her plot her storyline was kind of 
weird as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see, like, there is strange. I didn't catch the fact that he, she was trying to get back with Jeff Goldblum's character, though. Maybe not get back with him, but aren't they, like, on the boat together? Like, like, uh... I Jeff thought Goldblum it was Jeff Goldblum like, being kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win her back, and she's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe that's more it. Okay. I don't know. But her character just seems like... I mean, we could... Or, yeah, her character... So she is the one that reveals in the end uh-huh. that Bill Murray is sterile. Mm-hmm. Ber- uh, Z- Steve Stusto. I'm Steve Zizou. Zizou, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to say these characters' names and not okay. the actors' names. <laughs> he is sterile, so mm-hmm. he could never have had Ned, who is Owen Wilson's character, mm-hmm. even though throughout the film it's like kind of talking about Steve trying to accept the fact that he's a father. Yeah. Or it's like something that's like a son figure that's him missing we are not really sure if steve knows that he is sterile yeah himself yeah definitely so you we don't know if he actually knows that ned is not his son or not Mm -hmm. um regardless of that fact i think this film tries to i couldn't really catch what they were trying to say about a father-son relationship other than the fact that like like, familial relationship dies so suddenly yes yes and then like so okay yeah ned so after they rescue, is it after they rescue Jack? I really okay. I don't remember. Well, so, it, yeah, it's so all over the place. Yes, like, I again, can't, I can't yeah. remember what happens. <laughs> so, um, at some point towards the end of the film, they go one more time to try to find the jaguar shark, like aerially, yeah, aerially. So, uh-huh. yes, um, Steve has a helicopter on the boat, which is also uh-huh. another abstract thing that <laughs> I think he can pull off because of the dollhouse effect that yeah. he creates. Yeah. But they have a helicopter, so Steve and Ned go out to find the jaguar shark airily. Mm-hmm. And then as they're on this plane, um, I don't, how did they fall off? I, I Was don't it like remember a at gust all. of wind or like a shark? Well, anyways, their plane... A shark. No, no, yeah. <laughs> the, um, their plane crashes into the water, and when yeah. they crash, for some reason, Ned is the one who's severely injured, but Bill, uh, yeah, like Steve is Ned not. Ned dies. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but Ned dies. And so... Steve's fine. Before, yeah, so Ned... <laughs> dies and so that death kind of i feel like or that death kind of triggers steve to be like i kind like does he say that he wants to retire after that or does he say he retires when he i don't remember trying to rescue jeff goldblum okay well Mm -hmm. i think um that death kind of leads him to the fact of under or understanding like the meaning meaningfulness of a relationship with some other person because mm-hmm. as you can see yeah. throughout this film he doesn't really regard relationships yeah. as something important like he often will cheat on or like want to cheat on his wife mm-hmm. him and his wife don't have necessarily the best relationship klaus who is like really super sees, enthusiastic yeah, super enthusiastic <laughs> really sees steve as a father figure yeah does not get that feeling reciprocated by mm-hmm. steve steve then goes on to try like has an infatuation with Kate Blanchett's character. Yeah. She d- he doesn't necessarily have any other emotional connection with her until maybe the very end mm-hmm. when Ned dies. Yeah, and so I feel like with the death of Owen Wilson's character, you kind of see the revelation that mm-hmm. family familial relationships are important. Mm-hmm. To- but other than that, I never really understood Ned's character. Other than it was a driving force to lead Suzo to realize that familial yeah. relationships were important. How about you? Yeah. 
Mm. Like, what did you see within that character? He's played really well by Owen Wilson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just, once again, it reminds me of his character in, like, the Royal Tenenbaums. Like, Mm -hmm. enthusiastic, kind of Texan. Yeah, Air Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. Air (laughs) Kentucky. Just uh, very naive, naive Mm -hmm. characters. Um, Yeah, I think... Wes Anderson movies are are unique in that, like, they try to tackle, like, really big issues, Mm -hmm. you know, especially around, like, family and death, but then I feel like they don't often Mm -hmm. work, you know? You're kind of left wondering, like, what was the point? Like, why did that need to be included? Yeah, like, what parts throughout this movie did you feel like that was... I I think mostly the love triangle and, like, the, the... Father son thing. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like that's that's somewhat overused, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. And and I guess it's good to have something be unresolved towards the end. Yeah, you know, as I think it's pretty clear that Ned is not Steve's son. Yes, but yeah, I'm not really sure what the whole point was. Yeah, I mean, so guess, in other films, Wes Anderson films, I think like for example, the Darjeeling Limited. That's like okay. 2007, I think. It's okay. like. Um, Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman, and Adrian Brody are all, like, brothers, and they're Mm -hmm. on this, like, train trip through India to see their mom, Angelica Mm -hmm. Houston, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And um, just the whole, like, towards the end, I was like, what is the point, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, like, I think he kind of hides behind this, like, humor and this, like, unique aesthetic and, like, gets away sometimes with, like, like, not having a solid foundation of like plot and stuff. So yeah, so yeah, um, they're not overly deep to me. Okay, like I think Grand Budapest Hotel is really, really well done, but Mm -hmm. like all of the others are just kind of like funny, like unique humor, but also kind of fluffy. Yeah. So would you say that Anderson's directorial directing? Oh my god, directing style is like um, he kind of just focuses more on the aesthetic and the tone of his film which not necessarily mm-hmm. like saying that's not a bad thing because like yeah yeah a lot of people really enjoy I, it I certainly film. enjoy it I think the reason why I think I might have enjoyed Isle of Dogs more than this film mm-hmm. is because it has a much more structured plot yeah and not necessarily like plot shouldn't drive the whole film like mm-hmm. I feel like there is merit in like a very highly stylized film I just feel like if you want to do that at least have something that kind of drives it because this film loses itself in the middle and it feels Mm -hmm. like it's going in circles over and over again Mm -hmm. until finally it comes out of that like loop infinite loop and comes out and like really hits towards the end Mm -hmm. and I feel like maybe this film just doesn't I think he hides too much behind his experimenting yeah yeah like he like again the dollhouse he hides behind that he hides about behind like the animation like I'm pretty sure like parts of this film it was just like oh I I thought that was interesting I really wanted to put that in so Mm -hmm. I'll just put that in even though it kind of makes no sense Mm -hmm. in a way right Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of um like like the dolphins that go under Uh that are like underneath his boat yeah he has a hot air what what are they like albino dolphins yeah that are like his search they like x-ray or something like every oceanographer has like an animal searcher which is Uh like okay (laughs) he just wanted to mess around with some animation or something Mm -hmm. um But yeah, that's really interesting to think about, Mm -hmm. like, how he kind of just, he's a director that likes to hide within his style. I think so. I think that's why he's... I'm I'm not trying to be, like, too critical. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, like, I certainly enjoy his stuff and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, have a lot of his movies on DVD and all that. But, like, yeah, I'm not um, overly convinced that his movies are, like, like too deep, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Or, or, yeah, Maybe he, he doesn't said. want that, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're certainly fun. It's just, like, so, sometimes he starts an idea, and then it never is really fully fledged. Yeah. You know, especially about, like, family relations. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, as I said, the same characters over and over again, like Bill Murray and Angelica Houston. And not not even just, as I said, the actors, but, like, the archetype character, mm-hmm. you know? That's really fascinating. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people like his style in mm-hmm. terms of like I remember I think it's a part of the humor that I really like yeah, and, and yeah. certainly like the the pretty colors and the pastels yeah. and stuff especially Grand Budapest like that's beautiful yeah that's you know this the pastel work here it's so it's, interesting and it's really yeah as you said blue brown blue it's very blue Some brown. yellows it's very muted which mm-hmm. I've noticed throughout his films but I wonder again I understand the blue because of Jacques Cousteau's mm-hmm. jumpsuit but it's so I think he cho- he often chooses these muted pastel colors mm-hmm. and then tries to contrast them. Mm-hmm. But I never really see the point in mm-hmm. it other than it, it's aesthetically pleasing to lo- watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe it adds to the abstractness of this whole thing because like yeah. when in that in his worlds they're always just like these weird out of this not out of this world but like pastels that you wouldn't see mm-hmm. in everyday mm-hmm. life. You like you wouldn't see a ship and a ship that's pure like muted brown yeah. and then the people around them is pastel blue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like so do you think that the reason why he has like the way he creates his aesthetic with all these muted colors is to kind of add to kind maybe the dryness quality. the dream quality mm-hmm. kind of and just Probably. like the imaginative imaginative is that a word i don't know yeah but like just yeah. <laughs> kind of feeling like you're out of this world like you're watching rather than I think so I think it all goes back to the dollhouse too mm-hmm. I think dollhouses are usually like kind of pastel and kind of yeah. like pretty uh-huh yeah watching this film I often felt like I was an outsider of this world because mm-hmm. although I found the humor really funny and really relatable into like in terms of like how I find things funny mm-hmm. um it often felt like I was just watching in a distance yeah. of like what was going on throughout this film I think it's especially like having a main character be so dispassionate is like really difficult to relate to almost you know yeah but bill murray not bill murray's character steve zuzo uh-huh. Uh-huh. is a character that kind of just sucks in general. yeah yeah like Definitely. he's really mean to his crew uh-huh. he's very selfish uh-huh. he thinks he's like he's a pretty egomaniac i uh-huh. would say he thinks he's like a really great documentarian mm-hmm. but if you look at like some of the flashbacks it's like uh, it's, yeah. um but at he's same, very awkward on yeah. camera. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but the way Murray plays him, it, like he's so droopy, mm-hmm. and so you kind of almost feel sympathy for him. Uh huh. In a way that you don't feel with the characters around him. Yeah. If you got that vibe from yeah, Murray's I, I definitely do. I think a lot of things. <laughs> Steve's is I think a lot of thing, things in like Steve's life at that point are like really going wrong, and you kind of like can't help but feel bad for like mm-hmm. the things that are happening. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And then he kind of gets that sudden spark with Ned Clinton Thing's character played by Owen Wilson. Ooh, I want to talk about this because I've always found Owen Wilson really fascinating. Uh-huh. I wasn't really into film until a couple of years ago. And uh-huh. so when I, the only thing I knew Owen Wilson for was Cars, which is like really <laughs> depressing to even think about. But I, this was like the peak of Owen Wilson's character, or not character, Owen Wilson's as an actor, right? Because he collaborates a lot with Wes Anderson, but mm-hmm. has he collaborated collaborated with Anderson since like maybe 2010? I don't remember. I don't know like, if he's in Isle of Dogs. I don't think I don't think he is either, but like 
he was like a really heavy hitter. Like he would write things mm-hmm. with Anderson. Like he, I'm pretty sure he wrote Royal Tenenbaum, Royal Tenenbaums. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums with Wes Anderson along with Rushmore, I believe. I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. But like those were like really good films, and he's mm-hmm. part of them. And I feel like I don't see him that much anymore yeah. now. If yeah, no, I certainly agree to that. I feel like he's he's pretty integral in like the early films. Which I wonder I, what went wrong. Yeah. I mean, Owen Wilson now has become like this meme in our yeah, culture. Like, wow. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Like, I I think he's he's really good at being one of those people who's like both comic and serious. You mm-hmm. know, almost like Steve Carell. Yeah. You know, like if you see Midnight in Paris. No, I have. I mean, Woody Allen sucks. Like, <laughs> like that's obvious. But I really liked that film. Yeah. It's it's just he's it's. It's obviously a fantasy world because mm-hmm. at night he, like, travels back in time mm-hmm. when he's in Paris with his fiance Rachel McAdam. Mm-hmm. Whatever her name is. Okay. Um, I don't know much about this film. No, it's totally fine. But, like, I think, he, yeah, he has this kind of serious and yet, like, comical thing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. But well, it's it's hard when actors are as versatile as that because then you can't really, like, distance the genres from each mm-hmm. other, you know? It's like I look at Steve Carell in, like, a serious movie and I'm like... Like, you're Michael from The Office, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. You were talking about how Anderson likes to reuse archetypes. Mm-hmm. In a way, that I've always found Owen Wilson's archetype as a person, mm-hmm. like, for the char- like movies that he chooses to play. You say that, like, he always plays, like, that naive southern boy. And that's always how I've Not, envisioned Owen yeah. Wilson. But certainly Midnight in Paris, that's a different... It's a different... Maybe quality. it was, like, him He's trying more, like, to self-aware. branch out and no one really... Well, like, is he? He's good in that film, right? That's I what I've so. heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Why more people wouldn't want to work with him if he uh-huh. did prove himself as that? Because I don't. I haven't seen him in a lot of things. Me either. I'm look no, me either. I, I seriously don't know what else he's in, but because I know something he's in a lot of something I used to watch when I was a kid. He's something in like a that. lot of Wes Anderson films, but. He, like, I purely know him for that. Oh, my God. Okay. He's in Zoolander, too. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything. Oh, he was in Fantastic Mr. Fox. But, uh, but that's, that's hard. past 2010. Mm, yeah. He hasn't been. Oh, he's in also in Grand Budapest. Holy shit. He's in Inherent Vice. That's like Oh, God. That. that movie. <laughs> he isn't really in that many No, things. not for the past couple of years. Like, I think just... Oh, the Fockers. Oh, gosh. Um, Night at the Museum, Marley and Me. Yeah, oh, yeah. A, okay. So. Oh, yeah. And then and then the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. Interesting. Odd. So I guess being a collaborator of Anderson is probably what he's most well known for. Yeah, that's weird. That's hmm. very odd. Like when I look at some people's, you know, like Wikipedia or IMDb pages, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, what they're most known for is working with him. Like Jason Schwartzman. Like even Adrian Brody, you know. Oh, and, oh poor, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I like him as an actor. I just after the pianist, like I'm exactly anything about him. Exactly, it's been like um, 17 years. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's interesting. What do you? How do you feel about Anderson always reusing character or reusing actors? I think it's it's funny sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think it's nice that you kind of know what to expect. But mm-hmm. I certainly think that it's going to run out at some yeah. point. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, Isle of Dogs and the Grand Budapest Hotel are, like, very different from the mm-hmm. other movies, you Yeah. Know? Have I you think, seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah. Okay. I think Is that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Well, one more I, thing about yeah. this film I did want to talk about was the ending. The uh-huh. Jaguar Shark ending. Uh-huh. I think that ending is really effective. If that, like, not... I, the, I liked it. Not the end end where, like, he's at the premiere mm-hmm. and... Um, I mean, I think that ending is also effective, but I think mm-hmm. the... I think it shows some, like, end, humanity for him. Yes. Like, doesn't he see that... He sees the shark and then... He He asks, like, does it see me or something? Yeah. That, like, once that hit, that line kind of hit, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This film kind of did work. Exactly. (laughs) Probably Anderson wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, yeah, again, like, Zuzo is, like, this kind of sarcastic and sardonic monotune guy throughout this film. And then Mm -hmm. finally, when he sees something, even his crew, like, because as we mentioned before, like, he's a documentarian that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily provide the facts. Mm -hmm. And so, Throughout this film, you, like the jaguar shark is almost seen like as this imaginary yeah. goal yeah. for him to get to like realizing something. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. And so like I was like, well, they they have to see the jaguar shark. Like that's inevitably gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how they're gonna pull it off without making it feel cheesy or like a letdown. And yeah. it works really, really well. I agree. Like all of them cramped up in mm-hmm. a small yellow submarine, just looking through a small eyeglass window and Mm -hmm. then like they're underwater in this like pitch black with the animation and then this like huge puppet jaguar shark that kind of comes around and they're just like wow that thing is really beautiful Mm -hmm. and compared to like a lot of the stuff that's happened Mm -hmm. like the pirate oh my god we haven't even talked about the pirate shooting which was kind (laughs) of weird and a little it was um but i don't know what effect um, did that ending have on you i liked it i think it was as I said, it was, like, the one kind of moment of, like, humanity for Bill Murray. Uh-huh. I mean, you kind of sympathize with him and, like, feel a bit bad for him. But, uh-huh. like, you really see that maybe the whole, like, sarcasm is just, like, an effect, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a shield. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and but at the same time, like, the whole, like, the image of them all crammed into that, like, weird little circular, yeah. like, submarine is still kind of, still kind of producing that dream effect. But yeah. I, I really liked it. And I think um, the use of the animation is pretty cool, too. Is it animation or, like, just... Uh, I, I, I think it's, like, claymation, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then I guess we talked about it a little bit, but that pirate ship scene. It's just, okay, this is what I had an issue with Isle of uh-huh. Dogs. I don't think... I, like was, the weird Asian stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. As an Asian myself, I often find and look kind of be like, give it a side eye yeah. sort of way. And at first I thought in Isle of Dogs, that was just like, oh, that was like his first time that he's ever dabbled in Asian culture, I guess you can say. So it's not necessarily, or like, so like the way he treats Asian culture in Isle of Dogs is like not the best, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It's kind of surface level in mm-hmm. the way a lot of his films, I guess, are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or not surface level, but like, it's just the way he treats that culture is not necessarily The whole movie, I was like... It's cool that he has, like, a very immersive setting, but, like, mm-hmm. why did he need to choose, like, a different culture that yeah. he doesn't understand too well, Yes, you know? okay, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You articulated that way better <laughs> than I did. And so um, it was kind of off-putting to see that he was trying to do something, mm-hmm. or not trying to, like, immerse ourselves into a culture of Asian, mm-hmm. but, like, he was playing with Asian stereotypes. Uh-huh. And so he had the Philippines, like, Filipino the pirates... And they're so, so one-dimensional. Like, a lot of yeah. the characters within this film are one-dimensional. But I think mm-hmm. these pirates were especially so. And I, mm-hmm. it just felt I think super off-putting. almost most of the ethnic stereotypes are, are pretty... Yeah. Yeah, like, Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the Afro-Brazilian guy who's always, like, sitting on the bow, like, playing, playing his David guitar. Bowie yeah, David Portuguese, Bowie in Portuguese. Which yeah. is also another interesting... It's 
it's inclusion. odd. Yeah. There's no real reason for it, which is kind of why it's funny. I do funny, like but also... when they, how he uses, like, life on Mars. He uses that quite a frequently uh-huh. on in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, every time Steve Zuso kind of experiences a somewhat more traumatic moment mm-hmm. in his life, um, Wes Anderson will, like, just let that thing play. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, never really found another reason. I mean, maybe we're, I'm not a huge, like, I'm not very very familiar with david bowie's music the way a lot of other people are Mm -hmm. so maybe there's some kind of thematic meaning behind bowie's music Mm -hmm. that kind of matches with what's going on in the film but i just never really it's kind of like a you know disillusionment almost but yeah i don't know it's it's yeah it's one of those inclusions that is kind of contributes to like a very unique style but mm-hmm. you're also wondering why I yeah guess, you know and yeah well, maybe maybe there's a not lot everything. of things within this film where he includes like, like the like, interns from the university oh, of anchorage or whatever yes it's they also so always emphasize that how they're unpaid yeah just unpaid just, interns yeah. so are they just is that just to show that like see steve zuzo kind of kind of an a, ass yeah and <laughs> unpaid his like doesn't pay for his interns. yeah like i remember there was a part where he was like oh it's okay that they're, they're gone or something like that like yeah it's just unpaid don't they don't they all quit or something where they all leave well, and then they one all gets quit. an a something yeah. like that <laughs> i don't think that's how it works but yeah exactly <laughs> but i remember one of my favorite lines is like I think he's shouting at someone. I think it's the it's the one female member of the crew. Oh yeah. Right? And then he's like, Do the interns get Glocks? I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Do the interns means. get Glocks? No, then I'll share one. <laughs> I liked that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, see like moments like that. It's funny. It's really, really funny. Uh-huh. Like they're just these they're not like one liners, but they like come out of nowhere and you're just like, Oh my god, that's kinda of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it kinda of fits like with what Wes Anderson's trying to sell, but mm-hmm. at the same time it's it also doesn't fit, like, the script, mm-hmm. I guess, what you can say. Mm-hmm. And so when those things, like, those one-liner dry humor-esque things come in, it's almost like, wow, that, yeah. It just works really well. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So mm-hmm. I think we've pretty much covered a lot of <laughs> Talked things. a lot about the yeah. movie. <laughs> so um, just on some final thoughts about this film, if you had any. Yeah, I certainly think it's fun to watch. I guess I wouldn't um, go for any deep meaning because, as I said, I don't really think it's full-fledged, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a really unique, dry brand of humor Mm -hmm. that is pretty good entertainment. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's how I usually feel Mm -hmm. feel about Wes Anderson films, that Mm -hmm. they're just kind of there to... They're pretty. They're really... Yeah, they're pretty and they're, like, good forms of entertainment, but Mm -hmm. I don't... Again, yeah. As they're like kind of intellectual entertainment, you know. Yeah. Like they're not like dumb it's not comedy like dumb movies, humor, but like yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like it does kind of make you want to think a little bit, and I think that's always good in a film where it's mm-hmm. not necessarily everything's presented to you in a nice, pretty bow. I think everything's presented us in a nice, pretty bow, but also in a way that makes us think. Yeah. So we're not necessarily like nothing's really resolved. Yeah. In this movie, yeah. You know. And like his his career is like well, I don't know what happens. Oh yeah. At know? the end of the career, like that movie turns out to be a success. So mm-hmm. like, but mm-hmm. what happens there? I think they just imply that he's just gonna continue with what he was doing, mm-hmm. but with a new attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Which exactly. Which is just like okay, yeah, that's like <laughs> a new lease on life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for me, like, I found this film just really interesting in the terms of Wes Anderson's career mm-hmm. and like how. It stacks compared to the stuff he does before, even though I've never really seen them, but mm-hmm. especially with the stuff he does after and just seeing a lot of the different types of things that he's playing around with and trying mm-hmm. to experiment with that he eventually does end up using in a lot of his other films. I found that kind of interesting just to see the immersion of some of those things or 
not immersion, that's not a right word, introduction, uh-huh. there we go, introduction of a lot of those things, I do think that this film does lose itself in its plot, yeah. and I don't want to be like, oh, like, the mo- the plot of the f- film has to be good in order for the film to be good, that's mm-hmm. not what I really, that's not how we should view films, but at the yeah. same time, I think it's all the characters, too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. just how watered down a lot of these things, mm-hmm. a lot of the things included in this film kind of detract from mm-hmm. the pretty aesthetic that he's presenting. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's a very fun film. It is. I think anyone who is interested, who has seen like Grand Budapest Hotel, mm-hmm. ooh, well, Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs, Royal Tenenbaums, all his heavy hitters should definitely check mm-hmm. out this one because it's not necessarily, it's not his most well-known piece. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I think you should check it out. Yeah. So, um... Before you wrap up, you can find this podcast every Monday on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play every Monday at 8 a.m. We always try to bring a member on the film to talk about a new film. Um, you can find us at on Facebook on as Film You Dumb Film Club, on Twitter and Instagram as Film Club You Dub. <laughs> And I think that's all our social media. So check us out there. And if you want to use our promo codes that we have, we have Wix.com, Mac Weldon, Blue Apron, all the good stuff. We have everything. So nice. yeah, sponsor us. So <laughs> thanks for listening and hope to see you. See, see you guys. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> see ya. Bye.